Hi, I'm Adam Henson. Welcome to Keeping On Track, a podcast series made by the farming community for the farming community. In this podcast, we hear about some of the root causes of stress and anxiety for farmers and ways of reducing their impact. Thank you, Adam. I'm Dominic Arkwright. Over the course of these programmes, I'm going to try and steer us through the challenges of being a farmer or working in agriculture. In this programme, we're going to look at the problems we face. What's making us stressed, anxious, depressed? What's causing farmers to feel sometimes that life isn't worth living? We'll also think about what we can do if things start to get on top of us, and there'll be a lot more in future programmes about how and where we can find a bit of help when we need it. But let's start now by hearing from a few farmers and others in the agricultural world about what's bothering them. See if any of this strikes a chord with you. You can be the best farmer in the world, but there's so many outside challenges and things that put pressure on you that you can do nothing about. So that might be political change in the way the government is supporting farming or encouraging farming in the direction it wants it to go in. And that changes quite regularly. Of course, you've got the weather and you can't do anything about the weather. And we're getting these extremes, you know, extreme heat, extreme cold, you know, amazing flooding. But you're kind of a resilient bunch of people and we can cope with it to a degree, but sometimes it's really against us and has a huge impact on us physically and financially. Weather, money, disease would be my top three. For us, it's weather. I mean, the weather affects 85% of my business. I can, I can make the best decisions in the world and not get the weather we need to produce the crops and my yields or, or my output can be reduced by probably 60% purely by something that I don't control. We live on a floodplain, so we expect a flood, but like 2020, 2021, 2019 were particularly bad years, and you just sit there going, why are we bothering? We take a huge risk every year in growing the crop. So for example, a couple of fields of potatoes might have a cost of 150,000. By the time we bought the seed, done all the field work, applied the fertiliser, paying people to do that, the diesel, any haulage. The costs are huge. People don't realise that. And we cannot be certain when we plant the potatoes in the ground what the return is going to be. It's like the biggest gamble. Especially at the moment with the world so volatile, you know, uh, oilseed rape's a fantastic example. This time last year, oilseed rape got to £900 a tonne, bearing in mind it normally trades about 300 Obviously, nobody had any, which is why it got so high. The war in Ukraine had hit peak. They couldn't export any from Ukraine. Most people had sold theirs. However, the oilseed rape price now is back down to 360 So you can be over three times out in the space of 12 months for a crop that you don't know the yield on. You don't know whether, it, firstly with oilseed rape, you don't know whether it's going to grow. You don't know what the yield's going to be. And at the end of that, you don't know what output you're going to have from it. So straight away, we have uncertainty about the weather, about government policy, about prices. All of that can affect our income and create big financial worries. And we can't control them. But we're just getting started. To add on top of that, you're then, when the weather is right, sometimes you can spend 20 hours in a field, in the same field, doing the same job going up and down the field can be draining mentally, physically, emotionally. 
because you're sat in a cab for 20 hours a day, I think that really takes a toll on someone's mental health. I know that I'm in the right place where farmers are when I see somebody with a limp or a, or a, you know, a funny gait because they're well overdue a hip replacement. There is never the right time to have a routine operation because there's lambing or there's drilling or there's first cut or farmers don't go on holiday very often either because there's always something to do and most of them are self-employed so there isn't an HR department to say you've got 28 days and time off in lieu owing it's 24-7 it's not a job it's a lifestyle and they are very guilty at times of neglecting themselves and putting everybody and everything first before thinking oh my goodness my health is failing um and and ignoring those signs that that things are becoming an issue so long hours no time for a break maybe no time for our families missing our children grow up no time to socialize let alone put our feet up and if you add on top of that the fact that a lot of the work is is in unsociable hours so early mornings, late nights, weekend working, and then often working isolated on your own. Over the years, farming has become more of a lonesome job. Um, it used to be that there were large groups of people who worked on the land, and it was a very sociable um, event working on a farm. You know, harvest was hundreds of people. Now, uh, generally, it's just one or two people in very large machines, a huge amount of tech. And often you're in the countryside and if up here in the mountains of Scotland or the Welsh borders or the Lake District, you can be in really isolated spots. And so it can be lonely. When I first started farming, Farmers were very much, I think, felt wanted by government. You know, we'd just gone into the EU, there was money being pushed at us. That started to change, I guess, in the eight, late 80s. Milk quotas came along, and so we started to feel restricted. And from my perspective, ever since then, we've, I've felt less and less wanted by government and politicians. There's also pressure from the, the consumer, the public, um, in terms of wanting cheap food or affordable food. There's also detractors, so those that don't necessarily agree with what we do, and particularly with the rise of social media, that can have an impact on, on people. So that constantly negative approach um, around sort of livestock farming or farming the way that we do and how it's having an impact on the environment and that can be can be quite soul destroying when you're working really hard and caring about what you do to get this negative press all the time. I think so often people take on the family farm and that is an immense pressure it might have been in the family for generations you don't want to be the one that messed it up and I think that sense of responsibility of what's been passed down to you and not being the one that got it wrong. We've got quite a lot of poultry farms near us and they were losing thousands and thousands of stock and they couldn't restock for several months. We've only just got the all clear in this area. So where's the income? What do they do with the buildings? What do they do with the staff? It shouldn't be underestimated the devastation that things like that cost. 
I think money. I think farming is notoriously asset rich, cash poor, and that dynamic of you're sitting on something that's worth millions of pounds, and yet you haven't got enough money to live on. Lots of pressure. So, firstly, you're running your business, so you have to be very savvy with the paperwork, the legislation, tax, all your different rules. You have to understand. Then you have to understand how to farm and the different processes and what works and what doesn't. You have to be able to operate machinery, look after animals. You have to engage with buyers, retailers, members of the community, policymakers, vets, agronomists. You might employ people on the farm, so you need human resources skills. So there's a whole host of skills you need from running a business, operating the farm, looking after your family, engaging with the community, understanding policy. You have to really be a jack of all trades and it's not easy and finally i think sometimes it's really hard to feel in control of your destiny it might be the weather it might be the markets it might be the politics it might be the local politics you know the people you the villages you live with you know where you are sometimes i think farmers just feel they're not in control of their destiny and when when you start to feel like you're losing control of of your life that's when some of the mental pressures really kick in So we've been hearing here from farmers and others who work in the farming support sector. But all of this has been studied by a team at the University of Exeter, the Centre for Rural Policy Research. And this is the assessment of research fellow Dr Rebecca Wheeler and co-director Professor Matt Lobley. Farmers experience a lot of the stresses that we all do in our lives and then there are so many more. And there are many things that are outside of their control. So obviously the weather is one of them. So extreme weather, difficult weather can be a stressor. Fluctuating prices, whether it's fluctuating prices for their inputs that are out of their control or the prices they receive. Changes in the policy regime. Paperwork and bureaucracy always comes up as a really important stressor. But there's also things around family life, about balancing um, the long working hours uh, in farming with uh, looking after a family as well. Um, Often that doesn't leave much space and opportunity for socialising, for getting off the farm. And that really does have an impact um, because it's difficult to get away from the stress of the farm. But then there's a whole load of extra things that have been added, I'd say, over time. So things like climate change, particularly in the, in the livestock sector, with many farmers feeling, rightly or wrongly, that they've been kind of cascaded for the impact of livestock on the climate, issues around animal health and welfare, environmental management generally. And that's the thing. Farmers are tough, resilient. They're doers and copers. We might manage a flood or an outbreak of TB one year, but what if it happens next year and the year after? What if we didn't fill in the form right and our payment doesn't come through? What if then our sons or daughters say they want to quit farming and then our input prices go through the roof? That's when things get tricky. So there are these multiple stresses that are just layered one on top of the other. Um, And I think sometimes when mental health problems surface, it's almost the kind of straw that broke the camel's back. You know, people have been coping with all these things, getting on quite well. And then something, yeah, maybe relatively small, but actually it's that cumulative impact that can just can tip somebody over the edge. Professor David Rose is a specialist in change in agriculture. 
and Caroline Nye is Senior Research Fellow at the Centre for Rural Policy Research. On the tipping point, I think for every farmer, it will be different. I think a farmer who is struggling financially with weather, has suffered from crop and animal diseases, suffered from major problems, it can be something very tiny that tips them over the edge. Something that, that on its own wouldn't seem particularly significant at all, but it's just an accumulation. You know, I've heard lots of stories related to, to, to one thing being that one catalyst that can swing somebody's mental health to such a place that it becomes dangerous. And it certainly does. If I'm honest, I had a breakdown. Um, I just couldn't cope with it. Very, very difficult to um, work, to do anything, really. Um, I had some thoughts that I'd rather not have had. Trevor Clegg runs a diversified farm in Dorset. He's been one of the first farmers to be open about the toll on his health and the depression that's been with him on and off for 30 years. Well, I was perhaps a little, a little bit atypical in that after we had bought one of our farms in Devon and I'd had two or three years under a lot of pressure, worked really hard, and I got to the stage where things started to get easier... And for some reason, a depression hit me. And I've struggled for the last 30 years now, ups and downs with it. Emma Picton-Jones lost her husband, Dan, to suicide in 2016. She devotes herself now to raising awareness and helping farmers through the charity she founded, the DPJ Foundation. The pressures were immense, you know, various different kind of pressures on different days, and they were very kind of, you know, like I said, presented themselves very differently. But, you know, the financial pressures of being self-employed were massive. And, you know, the pressures of then of having your own kit and having to keep that kit and the tax and the insurance, you know, all of these things that come along with owning your own business and being self-employed as, as, an, as a contractor were massive. But the loneliness, I think, was really big part of that I think he especially as he got that bit older um he stopped playing rugby and when he stopped doing that I think he felt that the his kind of social ability you know not abilities but his social opportunities I suppose really kind of became quite slim and these constant pressures every single day just made life seem unbearable at times for him and these really aren't isolated cases the Centre for Rural Policy Research in Exeter has been looking at the figures worrying according to Dr Rebecca Wheeler and Professor Matt Lobley. Broadly, um, the farming population has you know, a higher incidence of likely depression and anxiety, and particularly some subsections of the farming population. So young women in farming, in particular, emerge as you know, doing really quite badly in terms of levels of anxiety and depression. Farms with livestock, so that would be dairy, other grazing livestock, also pigs. Before, before all the recent issues facing the pig sector, pig farmers you know, had really significant levels of, of mental health problems. It's a difficult, demanding job. So compared to the population as a whole, many farmers are doing worse. And then if you look within farming, there are those subsections that are doing even worse than that. We did a, uh, a very large survey for the Royal Agricultural Benevolent Institute um, a couple of years ago, the big farming survey, which many farmers will recognise as they took part in it. We had over 15,000 people respond to that. 
And that survey showed that actually um, something like 36% were possibly or probably depressed. Um, almost a half of respondents were suffering from some level of anxiety. And actually, I think it was around 20% were that was kind of quite severe anxiety. It's important to remember this isn't everyone, you know. I mean, there's still lots of farmers out there who are happy and enjoying life. Um, but actually, it's a really concerning number that aren't and that are struggling. Yeah, so mental health, you know, nationally is being recognised more and the statistics are very worrying. But particularly in agriculture, it's a very bad situation. And it's also across the board with ages as well. You know, they've done lots of um, studies at agriculture universities and colleges and and it's very very worrying and in farming now it's pretty much one a week is taking their own life and for me that's appalling and horrible and I think that farming is one of the best jobs in the world but with that as a statistic you know it doesn't sound like it does it so for farmer Adam Henson and for Georgina Lamb, a farmer herself who also helps run the farming community network, the FCN, we need to be thinking and talking a lot more about this stuff. Yes, if we can all learn more about mental health and it not be stigmatised and it be something that we can share and we can talk about and we can recognise it in each other and we can recognise the... The reasons, you know, we can get to the root of the problem, which might be isolation, it might be financial difficulty, it might be health, all these things that contribute towards someone feeling rotten about themselves. Um, And the fixes often can be complex, but also can be reasonably easy um, just to lift you up and and get you out there. But it is about recognising when your physical and your mental health might not quite be 100% to listen to yourself take a moment and say okay let's nip this in the bud let's get this problem sorted now and then we can work towards a brighter day. I'm going to leave you with the thoughts of Professor David Rose. You are never alone I think that's important to remember whether you're just thinking about the business or that you're struggling with your mental health there are people out there with the experience and the skills to be able to help you and also with the with the willingness to help. That's one of the things that's come across so strongly in the research we've done on mental health. In this support landscape for farmers, whether it's from chaplains or mental health charities, people in the farming community, healthcare providers, there are so many different people out there who want to help. And so you're most certainly not alone. You could access a whole host of really helpful services if you know where to look and are willing to, to look. So you should never feel like you're on your own. So there you have it. Are there challenges? No question about it. Is there any help out there? That's certain too. Will you take advantage of it? That's another question. There's a thing about farmers that seems to prevent them from asking for help, and we discuss that in another programme. For now, thank you for listening. I'm Dominic Arkwright. Here's Adam. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping On Track. I hope you found some things in it which were helpful for you or someone you know. If you've been affected by anything you've heard in this podcast, you can find more information about organisations which can provide help and support by going to teamdoctor.org forward slash farmers. 
Next time, we look at how to recognise the signs that everyday stress is becoming something more serious, either for you or someone you know. Until then, keep on track. Thank you.